Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're continuing our series, The Gospel Pandemic, Part 5, Impartation. Welcome. Welcome back, Brian. Hey, man. How are you doing? Good. We're coming to everybody from the frozen wasteland of Indiana. Yes, it is very, like literally sheets of ice everywhere. Yes, we risk life and limb to record this podcast because we know our tens of tens of listeners (laughs) are waiting to hear from us. They cannot wait. That's right. That's right. To hear our next podcast. And we are so thankful for that. But uh, yeah, we're here and it is warm in here though, so I'm glad. Yeah, do us a, safe and sound. So. Yeah, do us a favor if you do enjoy the podcast. Uh, you know, share us. Yeah. You know, let people know that we're out there, and um, you know, we're enjoying making this. Absolutely. Even if there's only one or two people listening, we love making it. And uh, you know, I go back and listen. Just I love hearing myself talk. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, we love to critique. We critique ourselves. We're right. The, we're our that worst is critics. True. <laughs> that is true. We, yeah. Well, yeah. Going when we were just sitting at lunch talking about how to dialogue and. We got all confused because we were like, oh, no, no, I don't want to talk like that. Oh, crud. <laughs> we, yeah, we end up talking over each other yeah. all the time. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, start this yeah. podcast with a question, okay. Brian. Okay. Who is someone who made an Im- a big impact in your either coming to Christ and or your discipleship? Yeah, okay. So, uh, you know, we want to talk about families, uh, you know, in this podcast a lot and but truthfully, I mean, it really was a lot of my family. Uh, you know, my parents did a lot. I mean, they were vital in that. Um, but one person, and I've mentioned this before, was my my uncle Jimmy. Um, he was just uh, there for me, and we we just hung out a lot. Uh, he he was going through uh, a, a time in his life where he got to spend a lot of time with me. And, uh, and he just taught me stuff just in the normal flow of life. We went bike riding a lot. Hmm. And so we just ride our bikes around and, uh, and then we, we'd go hunting together. He'd take me hunting and he'd teach me stuff about the Lord. I mean, it was always, uh, God centered in everything we did. Just kind of in the stream just of in the stream life. Of it. it was amazing. And we're still like that. I mean, when we hang out to this day, we're just constantly talking about, you know, uh, another truck that, you know, we're talking about, but then it, it, somehow the conversation always ends up back on the Lord. And that's just really cool. Um, and so, so he was a huge influence on my life. And I actually try, I call it my uncle Jimmy factor. It's like, it's, you know, parents are just trying to teach kids things, but then you just need that one person who, who isn't the parent to, to say the exact same thing to the kids and they just are like, oh, that's amazing, you know. And uh, so I, that's how that's what I try to be to our students. That's good. Yeah. And that really segues into what we're talking about. We've been laying a lot of groundwork when it comes to uh, evangelism, discipleship, the theology that surrounds it. And we're continuing in that today. This will kind of mark a little bit of shift as we move forward in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the things we've not touched on is the one of the most important things. Yeah. Without this, we cannot become effective disciples. And it's really hard or even impossible, impossible. to make disciples. So yes. what, what is, is it? it? Drum roll. Uh, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. That's right. So we're going to talk today about the Holy Spirit. Brian, why is the Holy Spirit so important in making disciples? He is the power of 
of the work of the gospel. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings life and love for God. Hmm. And without the presence of the Holy Spirit, there is no salvation. There is no belief in the gospel. There is no coming to life. Um, this he is is so important. Um, that's why Jesus, you know, told the disciples to to wait, mm-hmm. not to go out and start doing ministry yet. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes and then go. That's right. Yeah. So Wayne Grudem says the Holy Spirit is a being or person of God, part of the Trinity, and he says that the work of the Holy Spirit is to manifest the active presence of God in the world and especially in the church. Yeah, so without the Holy Spirit, there there is no presence of God. The right. presence of God, and we see that all in Scripture. You know, God created, and the the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That's the the active and powerful presence of God working in His creation. Yeah, the Holy Spirit has always existed. It's a part of the Godhead and been active, like you said. You know, we can look back through the entire Old Testament, the entire New Testament, and we can see how God's Spirit or the Holy Spirit was used. And in the Old Testament, there was a special anointing that was given to a a few chosen people. That's right. Like David or Solomon, you know, God's prophets like Moses or Isaiah. Uh, and so they got a special anointing of God's spirit to fulfill their role. And mm-hmm. it's very active, but it was kind of reserved for just a few people. That's right. After Jesus, the Holy Spirit was able to be accessed for all believers. Right. The Holy Spirit is now God's spirit imparted to us, living in us, not just a few, but for all believers, all of us are anointed with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and that's where, so Jesus, you know, the Messiah, the the anointed one, he is the ultimate reality of what all these other people were pointing to. They were all anointed by the Holy Spirit, and they're all really just pointing forward to the one true Messiah as Jesus Christ. And he, now that he has ascended into heaven, he is then pouring out, God the Father and God the Son are pouring out the spirit onto us his anointing is now overflowing onto all of his mm-hmm. all of his believers all of the ones who are in him and so now we are uh filled and anointed with the holy spirit and so christ is is giving him to us so that we yeah. can go and do the work that he has called us to do that's an important point you know we there are some denominations or some groups of Christians that think you need another special blessing or right. a special baptism. Uh, and that's just not true. We, we do, every believer has the Holy Spirit. That's so if right. you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit anointing yep. on you. Uh, you may not recognize it. That's you may right. not uh, utilize that. or And so we'll talk more about that. But you just need to know the Holy Spirit is with you. God's mm-hmm. Spirit is on you if you're a true believer in Christ. Amen. So let's talk about the things that the that the Holy Spirit does yeah. and is active in doing. Yeah, so the first one is the idea that He empowers us. So we already kind of mentioned power, but He empowers us first by giving us life, giving us spiritual life. We are born again. That's mm-hmm. that, that interchange between Jesus and Nicodemus um, about the Spirit goes wherever He wants, and you don't know, but He's the one who brings about new birth in Christ. Yes, He's 
the spirit is doing the regeneration. We are born of the spirit. That's right. And he's doing the regeneration in our heart based on the sacrifice, based on the work of Of Christ. That's right. Yeah. Jesus purchased it and the Holy Spirit brings it to bear in, in our hearts. Right. And so he does that. He empowers us by giving us life, but he also empowers us to actually Go and serve. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that, Brian. What do you think about? Yeah, that? yeah. You know, the spirit is is that that life giver. We see him doing these things, like um, you know, he was conceiving Jesus in the womb of Mary. He was raising Jesus from the dead. He's the one that gives us new life in resurrection. So he is a life giver. But just like you said, he's also empowering us for service. It was by the spirit, just like you mentioned earlier in Acts 1, 8, mm-hmm. Jesus said, wait for the spirit to come on you. And when it did in Pentecost, they were able to preach spirit filled message. They were able to do miraculous things yeah. by the power of the spirit. Yeah. That's, that's important because, you know, while we don't always expect to be able to do some of the things, like I don't, I don't walk around and, and some people would say, well, you don't have enough faith. And mm. well, maybe, maybe I don't. Maybe I need more faith. Maybe I need to believe that that people are going to heal more than I think that they will. But I think that we can all agree, like, like that was a special time yes. in redemptive history. There was more going on there. But what we tend to do is we tend to think that our conversations can't bring about spiritual life. He, he is empowering us to speak. You know, that's one of the things when I talk about evangelism with people. It's like, well, I don't know how to, or I'm afraid, or I'm just not sure that they're going to hear me. Like, okay, that's the type of empowerment we're talking about mm-hmm. comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you what you need to say. He will help you know what to do. He will help you be brave enough to say the right things. And even while you're saying the wrong things, He will work in such a way that people will hear the that's truth right. and respond. That's right. There's faith. that empowerment. The Bible says that he'll give us the words to say he empowers our prayer. Yes. He empowers us with spiritual gifts. There are just so many things. The, the spirit is power. I mean, that's, that's a great just kind of, you know, thing to say that as believers, we draw strength. We draw power from the spirit being in our lives. We need to remember when we are weak, he is strong. That's right. That's the strength that's in all Christians. Yeah. That's right. What's so the, the, yeah, go ahead. Well, so the next thing is pu- the spirit purifies. Mm-hmm. And so it's the Holy, it's the Holy spirit emphasis yeah, on holy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it should not surprise us that he is cleansing us from sin and sanctifying us. And that's one of his primary roles. That, that, that is huge. You know, growing up, I used to think like you believe the gospel and that's what gets you saved. And then afterwards, it's up to you to like, to figure this out. Like you got to just work really hard to be good. Um, it's all on you now. Like you're saved now, but, but you got to be a good, good little boy, good little girl, whatever. But the reality is that once you're saved, you now have power in you to, to help you. You can't, you still can't make yourself right. If you could make yourself right without God, then you wouldn't need the gospel, That's right? but you need the gospel and you need the Holy spirit after you've been saved to continue Killing the sin in your life. That's right. The Holy Spirit continues that regenerative work in our heart, working towards being like Christ. You know, his primary function is to continue our sanctification, that whole process of sanctification. He's doing that in us. And then we know that the fruit of that is the fruit of the Spirit. If we are walking in the Spirit, 
we will see our lives begin to resemble Galatians 5, 22 through 23. We will see those things, love, joy, peace, on and on and on. We will see those things begin to be exercised, not perfectly, but as we as we allow the spirit to work more and sanctify us and we become more mature as a believer, those things will begin to continue to be uh, more and more uh, in us as that's, fruits that's of the right. I just as you were talking, this reminded me there there are two big theological words for what we're talking about right now. There's there's the idea of mortification, mm-hmm. right, and then vivification. And mortification is this idea of the Holy Spirit helping put to death the deeds of the flesh, which is in Romans eight thirteen. So this this idea that we are we are constantly keeping our old self dead. It's been he he has been killed in Christ. Um, and a new man has been raised to life, and the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us keep that old man dead, and he helps us live that vivification, the the mm-hmm. new, what you were talking about, the, the fruit of the Spirit. It's a new person right. living out a new life, and so yeah. we have to constantly submit to him, or else you're not going to walk in the newness of life. Yeah, I think so many Christians miss this. Just like you said, it's like we get saved and then it's like, okay, I'm good. But it's like if if you were in jail and someone freed you and opened the cell, but you decided to remain in the cell. Yeah, that's right. You're remaining, you're, you're, you're freed from your sin, but you're remaining in that sin. You're not living that new and abundant life. It's time to walk away from the cell, begin that new and abundant life by the power of the Spirit. That's absolutely and right. And so many Christians just just miss that. Yeah. <clears throat> so the, the, I think... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is, is really just bringing us back into the, the next thing, you know, as we as we submit to him, right? We're, we're walking by the Spirit. Um, he is the one who reveals things. So that's the third thing. He reveals uh, truth to us. Yes. So why is how does the Holy Spirit, why is it important that the Holy Spirit is the one revealing this to us? Yeah, so as we look at Scripture, the Holy Spirit was so instrumental in giving God's message. Yeah. He was the one speaking to the prophets, to the apostles. That's found in 2 Peter one twenty one, And, you know, he inspired the Word of God. He makes it a holy and timeless book of God's truth. When it talks about it being a living and active Word, as it says in Hebrews 4.12, it's because of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, he is active in its creation. He's active in how we read it, how we understand it, how we apply it today. You know what? I used to hate learning poetry when I was in high school. Hated it. Okay, <laughs> because because the teachers would always be like, "Well, what does this mean?" And you'd be like, "Well, I think it means this." And then you find out that it meant. I mean, you couldn't even begin to have guessed what it meant, right? And I would have loved to have been able to resurrect the author of that poem. And right. Be like, hey, tell me what this is. What you meant. That's what we have in the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. We have the author of the book in us helping us know what he was saying. That's right. And so every believer, this is really important because there was a long time in history where people didn't want uh, what what they called common folk to, to understand the Bible, and they didn't believe that the Holy Spirit actually helped us understand. But, but we know that that's the truth. Every human being, every person who is born again in Christ, has the Holy Spirit, can read the Word and and be instructed on what it means because He reveals its truth to us. That's right. And, you know, there's so many practical things here that He's responsible for. He, he, he reveals God's will to us. He directs us. He teaches us. He assures us. You know, when we... When we read the scripture, the Holy Spirit is active in how we learn and we apply it to our lives. He also helps us as we just walk through life. Mm -hmm. He helps to convict us. 
when we do something wrong or when we're tempted, but he also helps us lead us in God's direct will. Yes, that there's is just, huge. There's just so many things that, you know, well, let's talk about God's will for a minute. Yeah. There are many things that we can know about God's will just by reading his word. That's right. And so I think people, they often say, well, what's God's will for me? Read God's word. Mm-hmm. There are things in our lives, for instance, uh, should I take this job? Should I do this? Should I do that? That are not clear like that's a that's a that's a righteous thing and that or that's a sinful, sinful thing. thing right uh and in that we have to have god's will to help us to know where to go and that is accessed through the holy spirit the spirit guides us and we simply just have to pray to him yeah and he will help us make those decisions that's right we need to be spending time with the lord and, you know a lot of times when we talk about spending time with the lord we think we're spending time with Jesus. We're spending time with the Father. And we just like forget that the Holy Spirit is right. really the one who is the active work of God in us mm-hmm. while we are reading the Bible, while we're praying, while we're spending time with God. He is the one. He is our connection to the the Godhead. Yeah, people don't pray to the Spirit, but why why not? Right. Why should, I mean, that's that's God. That's right. We yeah. should pray to the Spirit as well. And, you know, these are our things that are really important for us to do. And, you know, here's the thing. Some of this is more art than science. You know, there are people that will say, you know, God led me, or I feel God saying this. And I think they're referring to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And this is something we, we, we can know and we can feel as we grow in our faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, we know this will never lead us to anything. You know, when, when someone says, well, God led me to do this and it violates scripture, that's not from God. That's right. God, the Holy Spirit will never lead us to do anything that violates Scripture. Right. And so... Because it's his word. That's right. Like he said, he's... It'd be like him saying two two things that are con- that are completely contradictory he's not going to do that because god is is perfect and holy and just and he's not going to do that that's right but there is a leading in our lives that as we walk through life the spirit will help us to know and to recognize and and we'll talk a little more about this as it applies to our lives but it's something that we can only really know and and feel as we grow closer to the lord that's as right. as we get deeper in his word so that kind of makes me think. So I used to go rock climbing a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Love rock climbing. Haven't done it in a while. But when I first started going, we had a, a, a mountain climbing guide. I mean, we were out west. I mean, it was really serious stuff. Dangerous. Loved it. But the guide, he he told us when we were first climbing, you have these special shoes. And he told us, you can't just hold on with your hands. You've mm-hmm. got to use your feet. And it's all about feet work. You'll You'll lose your grip. You have to use your feet. And here's the thing, you got to trust your shoes. You got to put those shoes on the rock and you got to trust it. And that was one of the hardest things for me to overcome. I was constantly afraid of slipping. But once I started trusting my shoes and I started really using those rock climbing shoes in the rocks the way they're meant to be used, the more I did it, the more comfortable I got with it and the less I even thought about it. It wasn't even like, I didn't even think about it a whole lot. And somebody's like, what what does this have to do with anything? That's what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit we we all have the holy spirit if you're a christian you have the holy spirit but we're just not trusting him that's right like we're not we're we're not trusting the holy spirit to actually work in our lives and to reveal god's will in our lives and we're not using the power that he's given to us because because we're just not even trusting him it all comes down to faith he's he's god 
And we have to trust him in our lives. And the more we do, the more comfortable we'll get with it. And it'll become second nature. That's right. You won't even know you're you're just constantly trusting the Holy Spirit. That's right. And again, this is for all believers. It's for all all Everyone. believers. And That's that right. makes a good segue to our last and final thing. The Holy Spirit unifies. You know, the Holy Spirit joins all believers. It's the thing that draws us into God's family. It makes us part of the universal church. That's right. Man, that's huge. I, I remember on a mission trip, we were um, overseas talking to a guy, totally different type of um, denominational beliefs. But there was something crazy as we were just talking about the gospel. We were we were solid on the gospel. And, uh, and we were just praying with this guy that we would disagree on so many things about. But there was this beautiful bond mm-hmm. that we had, and we, we spoke different languages. It was amazing, and that's just because there was there was the Holy Spirit there. Yeah, God was there, and He. We, this was our brother. We're going to spend eternity with this guy. That's good. I mean, that's beautiful. And so, as we see the Holy Spirit working in the New Testament, that's what we see. He's constantly bringing people together into the church and and creating churches in places where people would have been in disharmony and disunity, and now people are being brought together into the family of God. Yeah, I love what Grudem says here. He says the Holy Spirit is working strongly in a church to manifest God's presence. One evidence will be a beautiful harmony in the church community and overflowing love for one another that can either be really convicting or really reassuring yeah you know if your church is a spirit-filled church a spirit-led church this is how you'll see a good this doesn't mean there's not disagreements or whatever but sure. even in how there are even in how he church handle conflict there can be a love and a peace and a, and a unity in that as well yeah and if you're part of a church that just is always fighting and always at each other and always thinking the worst, then there's not a real spirit-filled unity there. That's a really good point. A lot of times in churches, people think that a Holy Spirit, a spirit-filled church is one that's just just super, you know, emphatic worship services all the time. Everybody's constantly just at the, the high levels of emotion. But, but often what you see is true spirit-filled churches are ones that are filled with love, just genuine and abiding right. love that isn't easily broken. Yeah, look at the last part of Acts chapter 2. Mm-hmm. That is a spirit-filled church. They had, they had just newly received God's spirit, and look how they acted. It, it's beautiful. I mean, and that's what we need to strive for in our churches, because that's right. we are. that's what we're supposed to be marked by. That's right. Okay, so we've talked about, there's, there's so much more mm-hmm. with the theology of the Holy Spirit. And I would encourage believers to to look into this. You know, especially Baptists, we are kind of guilty of shying away from the Holy Spirit because we don't want to be charismatic. Right. And I'll tell you, the charismatics do not have a market on the Holy Spirit. In right. fact, they often misunderstand and misuse the Holy Spirit. And so, we as uh, you know or- Orthodox believers, uh, many of us in the reformed kind of tradition, we need to kind of redeem the theology of the Holy spirit and understand what it is, who it is and how he interacts with our lives. Well, and I would just want to say this, there might be a listener who's hearing this and they hear charismatic and they're getting triggered, you know, and it's like, well, hold on. We're not trying to trigger you. We're, we're not saying that if you have, if you're leaning more charismatic, that you're just like, we're, you're wrong. That's not what we're saying. What we are trying to say though, is Baptists, we're Baptists, and uh, probably most of our audience is Baptists. 
what we're saying is like Baptists believe in the the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, we just are really we want to stick to exactly what He says He will do in the Bible. Right. And well, and Baptists so, are guilty the other extreme. Yeah. We of ignore not recognizing the presence of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. So we can't go to one extreme or the other. We right. have to run to the balance that's there that comes in out scripture. of Scripture. That's right. Right. So that where we need to look then is at Christ, our our King and Savior, because He was the Anointed One. What did He do? How was His yeah, life? In this whole Mark? conversation, we're thinking about evangelism, discipleship. We're thinking about what did Jesus do to teach His disciples? Why is the Holy Spirit so important? Yeah. You know, up until His death, Jesus was the one that comforted, He taught, He cared for, He led His disciples. Think about this. These guys left everything. Mm -hmm. They walked away from their jobs. Uh, you know, they, they walked away to follow Jesus wherever he was going for, for a few years. And Jesus kept telling them, I'm going to die. I'm going to go away. And of course, we know he, he rose again, but he was just with them for a short time. Jesus knew he would need someone to help them. And this was always a part of God's plan right. to give the disciples the Holy Spirit to do all the things that Jesus did and even more. Yeah. That's what, I mean, Jesus even said that it'll be better for, for you when the helper comes. But, you know, John 14, 15, and 16 are some great passages of scripture to read and kind of see the Trinity at work there, to see Jesus teaching about that and teaching about the Holy Spirit and, and how uh, he was going to send the helper. And, you know, here is John 14, uh, 15 through 18. He says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. There's that, like, we can't keep the commandments only if we have the helper can we actually walk in this new life. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I love that. I love that he says, I will not leave you as orphans. Yeah. Like, like you are adopted into God's family. And I'm going to send this helper that's going to be with you your entire life. God, it's Jesus is, I mean, think about this. Jesus is leaving them. Yeah. Boy, I would be lost if I'm a disciple and I given everything to follow Jesus. But he's saying, no, no, I'm sending God's presence into your life. And in fact, he tells them in John chapter 16, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper that's will right. not come to you. That's right. That's huge. So that's why, you know, God, Jesus ascended to heaven uh, and then he sent the helper. And the helper does many things. He says, Jesus says, peace, I leave you. My peace, I give to you. So there's, there's peace that's coming. Um, he's saying back to John chapter 16, he's saying the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you in all truth. Um, he's saying he will glorify me. Uh, he will convict, uh, the, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, all of these things. So he's a guide, he's a teacher, he's a helper, he's a convictor, he's a comforter, he's a peace giver. All of these That's things right. are in our lives. That's right. One of the things about that, what Jesus is saying is he will glorify me. You know, a lot of times in, in churches that are very Holy Spirit uh, focused, they, they, 
it's it's funny. This is when you know that there's a problem when when a church is really Holy Spirit focused, but they're not gospel focused, Ooh. and they're not focused on the truth Preach. of the gospel. The Holy Spirit isn't going to teach you and lead you in a direction that is away from Jesus. He is always going to constantly point you back to Christ and point you back to the truth of the gospel and how how preeminent Jesus is. Um, that's how the Godhead works. He's constantly glorifying himself in all three of the persons of the Trinity. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in us. He brings the love of God into our hearts, and we just love Jesus more and love the Father more and love the Holy Spirit more now. And I'm so trying, I'm trying so hard not to interrupt you with like amen. No, I like, see, yeah. preach, brother. People, preach. he's here. He is like so animated. It's great. Rewind <laughs> this and listen to this again because that was really good. That was really good. Well, we just need to hear it because we need to be Holy Spirit focused, but we need to remember who the Holy Spirit is going to focus us on. That's right. It's going to be Christ. It's going to be the gospel. It's going to be all of God, That's right. the, the whole Godhead. So, so Jesus came for a specific purpose and he did not leave the disciples alone. He left the Holy spirit, which Jesus says, Hey, this is to your advantage. I'm giving you these things. It's, it's really important that we understand all this, but I want to draw our attention to John chapter 15, because sandwiched in between all of this, Jesus has a really key passage and he talks about abiding in Christ. Yeah, that's right. And I really think so many believers miss this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was being discipled in college, I had to memorize this passage because uh, the, uh, the the person that was helping me wanted me to understand this truth. That, and this can only be accomplished, and I think this is intentional, this can only be accomplished through the Holy Spirit. Right. We can only abide in Christ with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is abiding in us. We are abiding in him. And he uses this really great example of being a branch attached to a vine. Yeah. So the branch gets to bear the fruit, but only if it's connected to the, to the vine. vine. If the branch is separated from the vine, it will not bear fruit. Mm-hmm. It will not be healthy. It will die. That's right. And so we as believers must stay connected as the branch to Christ, the vine, so that we can be healthy believers growing in the Lord and bearing fruit. And that connection remains because of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's such a it, there. And this is where it kind of is just a mystery. There's I mean, Jesus gives us a, a really good analogy here. Like you said, the vine and the branch. But there's a there's a mystery to this and how this works, and that's because this is God working here. I mean, He's the Creator. We don't really understand how He made life f- exist, um, but that's what He's doing in this. He's making spiritual life, real life, happen in us abiding in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. How does that work? I don't know, but it does. <laughs> I don't know how, I mean, literally, I don't know how people can graft actual tree branches into actual trees and how that works. We can study the science behind it, but you can't make it happen. It's still a part of God's control, even those things. And so this is this is just such an amazing reality yeah. that we get to partake in. Yeah, I would say that we cannot be an effective disciple without recognizing the presence of the Spirit. You know, it's more than a feeling. It, it's more than something that we dance and shout and sing and, and feel. We do feel it yes. in worship. That's yes. But it's it's more than that. It's a necessity for believers. So let's let's shift gears and yeah. really dive into how this applies, especially in realm the realm of evangelism and discipleship. So Brian, do we underestimate the Holy Spirit and and why, especially when we think about evangelism and discipleship? 
Yes. I think we underestimate the spirit, but I think we mostly forget him. Hmm. And that's why we underestimate him because we are not remembering. I, I, I'm guilty of this when I go into conversations with people or I'm getting ready to teach even. And, and I think it's all on me. Mm, that's good. Because I just forgot he was there. And that's, that is shameful. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of getting emotional about this. Like we forget that he is the one who is working. I mean, parents, when we're teaching our kids, we're forgetting that God is there. The Holy Spirit is there. You, you can relax. You can be faithful, but you can relax knowing that the Holy Spirit is there. And we underestimate his power because we're not looking for it. That's right. That is so good. Yeah. We need to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Hey, part of the Trinity, part of the Godhead and, and treat him as such, pray to him, seek to be filled by him, find peace, comfort, guidance, uh, conviction, yeah. teaching, all of those things in him. You know, we can see how our own discipleship is impacted by him, but he's also important in making disciples. Yeah. Remember, remember we have to be faithful to share the gospel, but the spirit does the convicting. The spirit is what draws people to salvation. We don't have to carry the burden. Of course, we we do long for and we want yes. people to be saved and we pray for them and we 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 cry out for them, but we don't have to carry that weight if if they if they refuse the gospel. That's right, cuz we remember they're not ultimately refusing us, they're re- they're refusing the Lord. They're refusing him. And so, I mean, that's that does bring in some ways, an even heavier way, it's not a weight on us personally. It's more of a, a just a sorrow because of our love for them, and we know what that means mm. for them. But that's that's where if we, like you said, we can remember that he is the one who is working in our faithfulness, That the confidence, oh my goodness, the confidence to go and share the gospel. That's why, you know, Peter, all the apostles, Paul, were so bold. I mean, in Acts, you see that a lot, the boldness. Mm-hmm. They were bold. They were bold because they were filled in the Spirit. Yeah. They were just resting in the Spirit. They were like, I got the Holy Spirit with me. Why wouldn't I go hard I on this? I just read that passage where Peter and John were arrested. And they're like, don't don't speak the name of Jesus. Like, listen, you got to do what you got to do, <laughs> yeah. but we're going to keep we're gonna keep telling people about Jesus. You know, and they're like, oh, what are we going to do? Yeah, we don't know what to do with that because they were just, it was just the Holy Spirit right. was there. God was there. And so it also applies to our discipleship. Here's the thing. When I'm discipling somebody, they may not get to where I want them mm-hmm. to be in in their timetable, but I have to trust the Lord. If they're a disciple of the Holy Spirit, if they're a disciple of the Lord of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will bring them along. He might use me. He might use other people. He'll definitely use the word. He might use circumstances in their life, a lot of different things. And we can really get frustrated because I'm like, well, this person's not where I think they need to be. Well, I'm sure there were people that were frustrated with me as I'm growing in my faith because I'm not always where I need to be. Same. Yeah. And so I've got to trust the Holy Spirit in my life. I've also got to trust it in the life of somebody that I am working with. Remember, This is a good way for me to think about this. I have the secondary responsibility. The Holy Spirit has the primary responsibility in evangelism and discipleship. Yep. And then that's where, you know, this, it it just takes a big burden off of your shoulders. It really does. And so we've got to trust the Lord and we have to continue to build our faith uh, that he is going to build our faith. 
even as we help others build their faith, all in His timing, ultimately. Um, and this is one other thing. We can rely on the Holy Spirit to help us know when to share and when to kind of let up. There, There is this boldness that we need to have, but there's also a time where, you know, you can be what I call a jerk for Jesus, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit isn't going to lead you to do that. Uh, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to be bold when it's time, and is going to lead you to be compassionate and gentle and, and ease back a little bit when it's time. Um, you know, one of my favorite testimonies from a man was telling his testimony. He said, the thing that got him was not somebody saying how great and amazing God was. It was it was this Christian man who said something completely normal, had nothing to do with God. Mm. And he knew, but he knew he was a Christian. And the way he relates it in his testimony, he says, you know, God was so humble that he actually removed himself from this one statement so that he could so that he would get me. Wow. He got me by by just easing off a little bit on me because I was so I hated him so right. much. And that was just like, wow, that was powerful. Yeah, if we could it, you know, you, you you talk to a thousand people about their testimony and you get a thousand different ways that it happened, a thousand and it that can only happen by the spirit. Because if we were going to make this happen, we would say, okay, it's gonna happen this, this way, way or this way. way right. And that's it. Yeah. But but God in his infinite wisdom it could be some saying that you don't even yep. think is related to the gospel. It could be someone in a, in a, uh, in like a, a, um, I'm trying to think like the arena where they have the evangelism thing, you know, uh, a crusade. Sorry. Oh yes. Couldn't yes, think yes, of the yes. word. It could be in a church service. Right. It could be a friend doing a Bible study. I mean, there are so many ways that the spirit speaks to that person and draws them to them. You just, you just never know because that's the work of the spirit. Yeah. And here's the thing. There is a little bit to this. I don't want to be mystical, but I do believe there is a, a little bit of spiritually based thing that we miss. Paul says we are to walk in, in the, the spirit. spirit. Yep. Okay. So we must be attuned to the presence of the spirit in our lives. So there is a little bit of mysticism that comes along with this. I hate using that word, yeah. even, but spirituality that That's comes right. along yeah, with like this. That. Yeah. There takes it takes a lot of time, a lot of patience. There is no special anointing or baptism or anything. Yeah, that you, is just faith in Christ. Like that's that's your faith in the grace in the salvation. Right. Yeah. But as you find yourself growing in the Lord and recognizing his presence, you'll start to feel the spirit. You'll start to know when the spirit is leading you to something or away from something. And it's hard to even like explain that to somebody who's never really experienced it, but it only happens the closer you get to the Lord. That's right. I mean, one of the things I find interesting is uh, I, I've been watching documentaries lately on uh, great Christians of the past, mm-hmm. and they're oh, they're only great because they just faced really terrible circumstances and then were faithful. And I hear them speak, or I hear some of the things that they did in the writings about God and just how much they loved God. And I get like overwhelmed a little bit with emotion, and it's simply because these people who lived, you know, a hundred years ago. Uh, 50 years ago, 200 years ago, they're still pointing me back to Jesus and the Holy Spirit is still working in their ministry from over a hundred years ago. And the Holy Spirit is still working. And and I just like feel pulled into the presence of the Lord because the Spirit is in me. And, uh, And he's just, again, he's pointing me back to the Savior. That's right. It's just amazing. 
And so there so it is always this, has to be anchored in God's in, word. That's right. Yeah. That's so very important. We cannot emphasize that enough right. that the work of the spirit will not go against the gospel or God's word. It will bring glory to Jesus, as you said earlier. And I think those are really key points in understanding how the spirit interacts and works in our lives. A hundred percent. And so we, we hear all this stuff now we've said a little bit, but like, Let's try to land the plane with families because we always want to help parents, you know, grandparents, even kids, if you're listening. How, how does this work in our families? Why is the Holy Spirit so important for our families? Yeah, I think the first thing is just just acknowledge the, the Spirit's presence. Don't don't hide that. You know, teach your family uh, a good theology of the Spirit. You know, it's it's okay to pray as a family and ask God's Spirit to to help us to, to do things. I mean, it's okay to pray to God the Father, pray to Jesus whatever, you know, you can pray to the different parts or just pray to the one God. One of the things I I actually do this. And and if you're a listener and you go to our church, you you might notice me doing this when I pray uh, at the end of service. Sometimes I will pray. I'll say, Lord, when I'm just talking to the, to God, Mm -hmm. you know, to Godhead, I say, Lord, and I'm thinking God, the father, God, the spirit, Mm -hmm. uh, God, the son, I'm thinking all of him. But then there's times where I'll say, Lord, you know, and I'll talk about whatever I'm praying. And then I'll, I'll specifically be like, Holy Spirit, help us in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, Christ, uh, give us what we need. Father, um, you know, I, I'll do that. And, and, you know, so a lot of times I'll say, Lord, when I'm just speaking generally about the Godhead, mm-hmm. but then I will talk specifically to him, um, even though I know that, you know, it's not like, Jesus can't hear what I'm praying to the Holy Spirit. That's right. not how that works. Um, and so we don't want to get too complicated with it. Don't don't get crazy about this. But do teach your kids that. I, I think that's really important because you know I always knew the Holy Spirit was so important, but I didn't really know why. Right. I never really knew why growing up. Yeah. And that might have just been on me. My parents might have been doing a great job, and I just hadn't figured it out yet. I don't know, but. Yeah, this also is so helpful for parents to understand the Holy Spirit is active in your life. It's also active in your child's life. Mm-hmm. And so if we help them to understand the teachings of God's Word, um, you know, their discipleship, again, is is being motivated and accelerated and all these things by the work of the Spirit in their life. Yeah, I think, you know, we talked about the responsibility we feel for disciples. I think we feel that doubly for our children. Yes. Like I've got to make my child be a good disciple of the Lord. Here's the thing. You can't, right. You've got to kind of back off and say, okay, I'm going to teach. I'm going to, I'm going to help them. I'm going to, I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to do all the things that I know as a parent that I need to do, but I have to trust the spirit to work in my child's life. I think that is so vital parent. Please hear what we're saying, because what's going to happen if you aren't trusting the Lord to, to work in the heart and mind of your child, you're going to take that on yourself and you will actually do more damage in the life of your, of in the spiritual life of your child than you will do help because you are not capable. Uh, it's like if you who know nothing about engines decide you're going to work on your car and what's going to happen is you're going to destroy your car instead of actually fix it. Mm-hmm. You've got to have the mechanic come in and do the work. And so you parents, even though the passion and the the heartache for your child is so intense, let that passion, let that heartache be turned into faith and trust in God, in the in the Holy Spirit's work in your child's life and really pour into that. Pray more than you talk 
pray to God more than you talk to your kids about. Yeah, these and I would encourage you know if you have younger children, you, you can read the Bible with them, do devotions with them as they get older into teenage years. Begin to encourage them to do personal devotions. Yes, to read the Word on their own. Uh, give them devotion books to help them. Um, this will help them begin to recognize God's word in their lives and the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. It'll help to make their faith their own. Yep. So when we at home, uh, we when it's bedtime, you know, we all try to get ready for bed at the same time, even though not everybody goes to bed at the same time. We're getting ready for bed. And then everyone's like, okay, now it's time for our devotions. And I do one with my littlest guy and the other kids have their own devotion books that they do. And so they're getting an opportunity to spend time with the Lord every night, most every night. Sure, we, sure. There are We're not legalists, circumstances right? yeah. that happen, but I try to encourage that every night. And I think that's really important for them to try to own their faith. I know in my own spiritual walk as I grew uh, and I had my times of devotion. That's where I learned to have a relationship with the Lord. My that's personal right. relationship with the Lord came out of that time. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's the thing. Your your relationship with God is not your kid's relationship with God. Mm-hmm. They have to have their own. And that's only going to happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so we need to just remember that he's there. Trust in him. Take take on the task with confidence and boldness, knowing that he's going to help us parent well, he's going to help us disciple our kids well, and he's going to help us to lead others outside of our family to Christ also. That's really good. That's so good stuff. we can do this because, because the Holy Spirit is with us, and he's going to do it. That's right. We can't do it otherwise. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so that's a really good place to leave it. Um, I hope you're enjoying this series. Like I said, I think next week we're going to be shifting gears a little bit. It's going to be very practical and thinking about some things that are really important when it comes to evangelism and discipleship and seeing kind of some of these practical things that Jesus did. But I've really enjoyed these conversations. I think they're important and we need to know these things. Yeah. Sometimes we just like to ignore theology, but that's the thing. Theology is is what drives the the engine of of evangelism. That's we right. got to know why we're doing this. Yeah, stuff. hopefully you're we encouraged more to share your faith, encouraged more to disciple because you understand these things in a deeper way. I know I know that's the way. Yeah, that's what's happening to me yeah. while we're talking about this. So, so thanks if you guys are enjoying this, definitely share share, you know, subscribe all the things and uh, all the things. All the things. <laughs> whatever those things are, do them, you know what I mean? And uh, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll see, see you next, next time. time. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Would be like, click. Just turn it gone. No more. (laughs) There's a there's a radio host that does that to start his show. He sips his coffee. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's the worst ever. I don't think I could do it. And then you punch somebody in the face. There's like an ad. Oh yeah, there's an ad that comes on my Pandora, <coughs> and it's like about a dog and uh, or something, and it's like it has like the sound of a dog licking somebody. Oh and yeah, and it's like ah! yeah. I'm like because I have my earbuds uh, in and I hear yeah. it, I'm like no, <laughs> yes, oh it's terrible. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, it sounds like somebody sloppily eating spaghetti. Yes. Oh, it's the-